You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty, and this is a very, very special episode. It is like a PRS end of season, first season in Australia breakdown and I've got a whole stack of guests lined up for your listening pleasure. Uh, let's go through them. Uh, George Crisp from all the way down in Tasmania, mate. Are you there? Yeah, I've got you, Rusty. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, how was how was 2018 PRS for you, mate? Oh, it was good fun, yeah. The, in- the inaugural season. Yeah, mate. You got to every event, if I'm not mistaken. Uh yeah, what was there? There was Mildura, then Ignition Customs at Bucken, and then yep. NT, and then am I missing one? Am I still pack? Oh, still apocalypse yeah. in still Little River. and then back to Bucken, so. and then back to Bucken. So, oh, well, well done, mate. It's a fair effort to travel all around the country from Tassie for all of them. Yeah, the NT one was a bit of a stretch, but I managed to get there. <laughs> No, we, I'm sure we'll get on to uh, how you dealt with that weather up there. But anyway, we uh, we shall move on, mate. We'll come back to you shortly. Um, yep. Oh, another open contender or eventually open contender, uh, Stephen Zilm from SA, the, the best place, although you're left-handed, so this has gone against you. Well, I'm not actually left-handed. I'm uh, left-eye dominant, so I just try to make it harder for myself <laughs> and just shoot off the left shoulder. <laughs> it's a sympathy. It's a sympathy vote. No, I just try to challenge myself, I think go so i just need to sit on the tractor a bit more and just try to wink with the other eye i think that's that's the goal or wear a pirate patch um whatever looks more appealing I, i'm gonna vote for the pirate patch i'm gonna definitely vote for the pirate patch mate hey this is uh this was an interesting season for you in that you started off in production won two matches and then got booted out yeah well i suppose it's good suppose it well it's not bad it's good you've, uh, you want to improve don't you and, uh, no, no, it's nah. definitely good to uh to uh move up in open and um yeah along comes with it he's spending more money and just you're know, getting enough mm. a bit more reliability there well, you, you didn't do too badly mate Sixth, sixth overall in open, uh, having moved out of production, mate. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you can't complain about that. That's pretty impressive. Absolutely not. It was the uh, the that helped me out. The double points. Um, I think it was yeah, really helpful. Good job. And uh, our Canadian friend who has been on the podcast before, Dave. How are you, mate? I am doing fantastic. How the hell are you doing? Going pretty darn good, mate. Talking to some uh, some really good people here, but uh, you're here as well, and uh, you are in your you were in production, finished fifth overall, mate. How did uh, how did the year go for you? Bit of a frustrating one, given how I was shooting in some other disciplines this year. But overall, it was an awesome season. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I gotta say. And did you did you get to every match as well? I most certainly did. <laughs> that's uh, that's impressive. Not as impressive because you're in Melbourne, but it's still fairly impressive. Yeah, no, it was a good effort. I mean, going up to Darwin and well, I guess pretty much everything outside of that was in uh, Victoria, wasn't it? So yeah, <laughs> a bit easier, I'd say. Uh, crispy and uh, Zilmi probably put in a better. Oh, Zilmi didn't make it everywhere, did he? Though, 
but no, no, he's only no. partially committed. You didn't make ah, oh, you chump. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, that was fun. But no, I'd say Crispy probably put in the best effort coming down from Tassie. So yeah, yeah, credit there, absolutely. And uh, saving the best to last, of course. Uh, <laughs> The uh, the only uh, well the the most amount of comps shot by a female for the year, and well the highest position in the series for a female as well, but also just a legend of a bloke, Emma Stevens. <laughs> hey Rusty, how you going? Going well. Hey Emma, this is a uh, I'm fascinated by the story, uh, your story this year through the uh, through the series. You didn't uh, shoot the series until Darwin, did you? You missed the first two events. Yeah, so um, I was at Mildura, but um, wasn't really a part of it. Um, RO'd at Bucken, um, which kind of made me realise that it's amazing. Um, well, let's let's clarify that you you very reluctantly RO'd at Bucken after a lot of pushing and negotiating. Yep. Yep, there was um, from two particular people, yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah whoever yeah. that might be. Rusty and Greg. Um, <laughs> and it was great, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm glad I did it. It was really good. Um, so then, yeah, Andrew was going up to Darwin anyway, so I thought, bugger it, I'll give it a go. And we uh, should, should clarify who Andrew is. Andrew's your Andrew husband who has, been, husband. Yeah. <laughs> who has yeah. been on this podcast before. He has, yeah, and I think he's actually shot every PRS in Australia. Uh, I, I believe you are correct in that one as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and then so Darwin was your first shoot. How did that go for you, first time into it after sort of observing it once or twice? Um, yeah, it was uh, nerve-wracking, I suppose you could say, um, really like heaps harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, yep. but once I was done, I was like, I need to do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's certainly addictive. So mm. yeah, it's great. And, and, and Little River was an improvement for you then? Yeah. I felt a lot more comfortable at Little River, even after being told I wasn't in the same squad as my husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> even though you were told you were going to be. Yeah, that's right. I wonder who was that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was cool. I was with Dave, um, so that was okay. Um, <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> it was great, Dave. You were you were great. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure. Didn't you shoot better when you were out of the squad with Andrew? Anyway, I think that was the uh, rumor going around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you might have even been there for the conversation at one of um, our practice shoots with Scott McMillan. After spending some time with us, Scott sort of looked at us at one point and said, you guys should never shoot together. You're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, 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 can, I can appreciate that, I reckon. I, I can appreciate, you know, sort of, you know, living life together and all that sort of gear and having a break during shooting, probably not a bad idea. That's right. I mean, well, we've been together, married nearly 12 years, so, you know. Not to accuse him of anything, but given a, given how fast you're moving up the ranks, maybe there's even a bit of sabotage on his end? I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? I'd like to think there wouldn't be, but, you know, <laughs> desperate measures. <laughs> Not going to rule it out. So, yeah. uh, and then for the uh, the finale, Emma, you uh, you, perform, you, you, you kept increasing your... Uh, 
your amazing dominance or started to exert your dominance. How did you go in the finale? Um, so if we could have just finished on the Saturday, that would have been great for me. <laughs> um, no, really good. I was really happy with how I went. Um, hmm. I kind of went into it thinking it's just more learning. It's more stages I haven't shot before. Um, so I didn't go in with any great hopes. Um, so I was really happy with how I went. Fantastic. Crispy, coming back to you, mate, you're probably the, the competitor with the most experience in this sort of shooting. Uh, from the start of the season to, to the end, mate, how did it go overall? Did you see some development in yourself and, and other things related to that? Um, it was a bit of a no, – I was, I, was, I was relatively consistent across the season. Um, mm-hmm. As for development – I well, I ran pretty much the same rifle the whole way through. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a like every match you learn something new. What did you find some of your biggest takeaways, and which matches? Uh, yeah, I have to think about this. But uh, going off the recent <laughs> one, mm-hmm. uh, like dealing with dust, how important to keep yeah. that out of your action and whatnot, and then mm. oh, like rain and whatnot um and then yeah i'm trying to think pretty much had had all of it uh for the the things that just give give listeners a bit of a rundown of the the year we had the mildura match which was uh not warm not ages comfortable a bit, bit cool in the mornings but yeah fairly fairly good outside of that and then uh bucken was um fine on the first day but cold and freezing and wet and and windy and, and horrible on the second day, and everyone got mud everywhere. Muddy, I would say muddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not wrong by that. Darwin was uh, was Darwin real consistent, thirty four, thirty five degrees every day, and about four hundred percent humidity. That's about right. That was about right for the Canadian. Yeah, I'll, I'll confirm that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then still, apocalypse uh, in Little River was windy. Uh, the first time we'd really had some some decent win for a match, which was nice. Anyone find that uh, challenging? Yeah, I, no, I was shooting at 08, so, yeah, that sucked for me. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually didn't find the win too bad, but that being said, I have a, I had a home field advantage at Little River. Um, yeah, that's your home range. Yeah, so actually the first day I did all right, I was actually – Pretty close to top of the up, I think it was fourth or something the first day because it was all the long distance stuff. But I knew the wind mm-hmm. what hurt me because I was shooting 308 also, it was all quick and fast, so I was banging away and off target and uh <laughs> taking forever to get back on, and it was just a bit of a mess. But uh, yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. mind it too much. Wind's fun, I find I like the wind. And then we brought it all together for the uh, finale for Bucken. We had 37 or 36 on the first day for most of the day through to about 2 o'clock. And then we brought that temperature down, down to sort of, you know, replicate some of the other matches around the 20s and, and then a little bit of rain just to mix things up a little bit. And then the next day was uh, was pouring down for half the day and ended up in a thunderstorm when we were at the pub afterwards. So we, we had it all. We did. Yeah, we did. 
Everything except snow, which was kind of a bummer, but hey, I can't, you know. <laughs> what can you do? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> then uh, there's always next year, mate. So, Zilmi, you uh, you shot uh, both Mildura and Buckingham. Mildura, you sort of just edged out the win, and then Buckingham, you were fair way in front, mate. How did it go for you after those two matches? And then and then I remember coming up to you and speaking to you about moving up to Open, and, and you sort of seemed to have already resigned yourself to the fact that that was probably going to happen. Yeah, I think I... I don't know, someone had mentioned something or there's rumours or something going around. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it started off in Mildura and just I, I didn't really know what to expect, like how other people would go or how I would go. And to be honest, I'd never shot on a range before because I'm just a country boy out mm. on the farm and just going to the, uh, yeah, stuck stuck in a range situation. It's um, quite different, all the muzzle blast under the cu- covers. Like I had a headache after the first day and then, I don't know, just kept plodding along, doing my own thing. And, uh, yeah, went all right. And um, Buck and I think I just had that confidence and knew how it was going to go down. And um, that just made the difference, I think, just a bit of confidence. Mm. So, yeah, if any, anyone wants to come along and shoot next year, just don't be too worried about how you go on the, the first match. It's just about, yeah, that under that competition pressure and time um yeah it's a great learning experience mm, yep, absolutely and i forget what the other half of the question was oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i was just gonna say like it's i totally agree with zilmi um don't feel like you can't come and have a go like it's totally worth coming and having a go and even if you're zero like four stages who cares like you're there you're learning the next one you go into knowing kind of what to expect and how it's going to play out and it kind of gets a bit you know not easier but you get more relaxed and then you really start having fun so it's totally worth trying yeah emma while you're there um you owed your first match that you hung around for Uh, did that did that help did that make a difference for you absolutely yeah yeah um so in mildura i was there sort of floating in and out didn't do anything and i sort of watched and thought that's you know beyond my grasp um and then i ro'd in bucken you know you get to learn everyone's names you get to have a bit of a chat bit of a laugh you work out how the stages are run you know what it's all about and after doing the ROing for the two days um it was so fun and everyone you know like everyone there is in such a great mood because they're shooting, you know. <laughs> so um, by the end of it, I all I could think about was I've got to get onto this. This is cool. So definitely, are, yeah, give it a go. Yeah, apart from just the shooting, um, yeah, you're just with like-minded people. It's more of a social event, really. There's plenty of downtime between each stage and, yeah, definitely that aspect of it is um, great as well. Yeah, it's probably something I you know, knew existed, but I didn't really get to it to feel that until the finale, where I didn't really have a lot of a role to play a finale apart from annoy everyone on Facebook, uh, which I think I did well. And so I, I actually got to hang out with you know the shooters and hang out in between stages, and and certainly just that that time you get to chat. And no wonder you guys get to know each other so well throughout the match because you do you do chat, you talk about you know strategies and ideas, and you talk about complaining about the weather or the match director and all sorts or of things. Or just heckling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably a pretty unique Australian aspect to it. Didn't see a lot of that in the states. <laughs> so, um, some some lessons you guys learnt, uh, Crispy. If you have you thought of anything that that perhaps are takeaways from any matches, mate? Yeah, well, I suppose it's uh, oh, it's a lot of in, a lot of it's in the in your mindset, really. Mm-hmm. Um, just get dealing with uh, cause there's a lot of things to think about, like when you get to a stage like you dope. Um, your parallax, um, just in what knowing what position you're going to get into, um, and how you're going to like. Sometimes, like a stage will be, um, you have to select a position. Like, there's no particular order, but you've got to decide, oh, what order to do it in. Mm. And then you might have multiple range targets, so you've got to continually um, adjust your dope to be able to hit a target um, so there's a lot going on and it's easy to forget one or two things um like that's what i've certainly had trouble with on a couple of stages like there's always one or two stages where you find that you either you don't either bomb or you or you just don't do it quite as well um which always um yeah if you bomb yeah. one you just don't want to let it get to you, do you? It's something that no, it's <laughs> otherwise you think about it for the rest, rest of the day and you go, oh, what the hell, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, can cert- it can certainly get in your head, but, yeah, learning how to deal with it and moving on and, um, yeah. So it's- yeah, sometimes or often it's not. The, the shooting is relatively easy. I mean, if mm. in most instances for many of those stages, if you put those same – parameters around someone but took away the time and took about took away anyone watching i think most guys would hit most targets most of the time mm. like yeah put yourself in your yeah, own yeah, setting st- you, you, fine. Yeah. Oh, and i was just said there's a high caliber of shooters that like shooting so if you if you make like one one error and bomb a stage you know that can cost the whole match type of thing so so it is yeah it can be like a stressful very stressful uh thing in your head but you just yeah work through it and um ho- hope they bomb one too <laughs> <laughs> which uh which which certainly happens uh yeah it definitely happens come back to a point that you were mentioning though george I, I know that one of the things i've certainly seen you do is with your arm arm board or arm strap or whatever you want to call it mm. rather than having data on there you've got like the the checklist of things to do prior to a stage is that that's right you're still running that Oh, I didn't so much run it in the finale. I had it there, but I didn't really use it because <laughs> I don't know. I was feeling, <laughs> um, yeah, I was feeling more confident in what I had to do. Mm-hmm. I actually saw that list, and I may or may not have actually plagiarized it and put a routine on my dope card. At the end of the day, I didn't use it and completely ignored it. <laughs> it was a pretty good idea in theory. <laughs> I did the same uh, thing actually. I, you know, after sort of seeing Crispy run it up in in Darwin, I thought, yeah, no, that's as far as I'm concerned, spot on. I remember wearing similar thing to a little 22 match we had down here, uh, first first 22 match I'd competed in, and I remember one of you know, a guy I've known for a long time, very experienced shooter, was uh, giving me a hard time about it. He said all that stuff should be uh, stuff you know and stuff you, you know, it should be automatic. And I just I I argued with him saying. That's uh, definitely true, but if I've got it there, I'm not going to mess it up, am I? And uh, and it certainly saved my ass a few times <laughs> that weekend. No, it's easy to um, it's easy to yeah, because you've got the pressure of the stage, and it's quite easy just to forget. Like I don't know, I think in Darwin, I even uh, 
forgot to dial my dope. Oh, no, I doubled it up, actually. I dialed my dope and then yep. thought I'd hold over as well. <laughs> yeah, that, just, that was on my, my stage like as well. Because he'd been holding over the previous stage and then he went in with a different game plan on another stage. And, yeah, just little things like that that add up and end up costing you points. And those points, yeah, often hurt. <laughs> Absolutely. How'd you go with that heating, Darwin, mate, being from Tassie? I know, it was all right. I managed to get the ice, ice towel. <laughs> and, uh, nice and cool. <laughs> I was going to say, I did enjoy that. It was like uh, watching a pro boxer or something walk around with the towels <laughs> strung over your neck. <laughs> it was a bit of a shock to the system when I did get there, though. It was yeah, coming from I like bet. five degrees to 35. And was it a shock to the ammo as well? No, I, uh, I, I made sure of that because uh, I ended up heating my ammo up when I was sliding it in and then I then I dropped my load by 0.2 grains. So, yeah, okay. so it worked out pretty well. Did anyone else uh, find that challenge with uh, the temperature difference up in Darwin versus many of the other matches that we've been shooting? I don't reckon I found any, but I reckon... Uh... I was too focused on other things, so to be honest, I, yeah, <laughs> it very well could have, but I was too busy trying to remember, oh yeah, you should probably read that list you put on your dope card, shouldn't you? <laughs> Stop worrying about temperature and focus on, you know, trigger control, you jerk. <laughs> so, uh, on, on to you, Dave, mate, any uh, any particular things that you remember of, of particular stages or particular matches that you took away as, as lessons that you put into place for future matches? I'm going to say, I'm going to build on, I think, what um, everyone said so far. And the biggest lesson I took away from the whole season at the end of it was go out and just have fun. Um, Yeah, (laughs) because I kind of came into it from a fairly unique position because, I mean, my job, I wake up every day and I sell people rifles and tell them how to use their rifles and optics. So I kind of... Hmm. started off the season oh yeah i'm gonna come in and you know i do this kind of stuff for a living and i'm gonna dominate and um yeah no it just <laughs> there's a lot I, ha- I have a lot of actual learning to do <laughs> and i think hmm. one thing that kind of shows how it is about just having fun is my best match of the year was mildura and in that hmm. match i was using my 308 no break with five round magazines and by the end of the year, <laughs> I had upgraded to a 6.5 with a higher power scope and 10-round mags, and I did exponentially worse than I did in Mildura because <laughs> it was all just that. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, the go back to the original point, it was just forgetting the original or the thing everyone's kind of said here is just get out and have fun. Mm. It's a bit of fun. Just anyone can get into it and enjoy it and there's really no reason to put the pressure on yourself it's an absolute blast and take it for what it is a really fun weekend away yeah not wrong uh, zilma you're you're in a unique position where sort of part way through the year you got the opportunity to uh, to pimp out your gun from going from a production sort of limited options to uh opening it up um what what was that like yeah well as i'll yeah definitely a huge change i actually started with a stock sanded um tika ctr 
mm-hmm. in uh, 6.5 Creedmoor. And I know people are having a lot of issues with those mags feeding and um, in, especially in the TAC-A1s, but I know I never had too many dramas with it, but just thought, well, if I'm going in the open, I'd better, you know, step it up, get a nicer trigger, a nicer <laughs> stock and a nicer barrel and a nicer muzzle brake and why not go the whole works? And um just happened that someone had one they'd built on used guns that was reasonably priced and, uh, yeah, got hold of that. So, um, yeah, sweet. still, I just kept the 6.5 Creed because that's um, what I had all the reloading stuff for and, mm. yeah, it's so much less recoil and just hand feel. It's, um, yeah, definite improvement. Yeah, nice, mate. And, and I'm curious what it, what calibers everyone is running. Um, what about you, Emma? What, what did you end up running this year um so for the year it was a 308 mm-hmm. um so just a t3 tico t3 sporter um yep. basically andrew's hand-me-down <laughs> which is fine um, <laughs> and it did me well um and then for the finale i used scott mcmillan's um tuck a1 in a 6.5 Creedmoor, so. How did you find the change? Great. In a word. <laughs> Glad you obeyed the rules of one-word answers only then. Great. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. What about you, Dave? You, you did the same thing, didn't you? Very similar, uh, Pat, to Emma, yeah. I started out um, first match, 308, and pretty, well, actually, every match except the finale, 308, and I actually came across a bulk buy of some 175 grain projectiles, so I was hammering away with those. Um, <laughs> no break. And then the last match, I also upgraded to a 6.5 Creedmoor and Attack A1, and yeah, I got to say, the rifle shot absolutely fantastically. It's... I was I've been kind of concerned, like nah, nah, three oh eight, three oh eight, nah, it'll do it. It's still good. The military uses it. All this, it's got to be a great cartridge. And then the first time I shot six five, I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. I will so, never shoot three oh eight again. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on the bandwagon. What about you, George? What were you running for the year? Yeah, I was running a six five Creed as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Way to stand out from the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys are all sheep. Um, that's uh, yeah, that's cool. We actually uh, an episode that will be might be the following episode after this, uh, I think, or it might be a couple afterwards. But we're basically going to be going through all the equipment that was used for the year. So uh, f- for those listening, stay tuned to that one. We'll have the breakdown of who used what and well, not who used what, but what was used and all the different changes that went throughout the year. So uh, that always. Uh, yeah, coming coming on board. Mm, that'd be good. I was I was going to say, oh, what what the pros use uh, 2018, but we're not really pros, so that doesn't work, does it? <laughs> well, pro, oh, well, pros, pros in is Australia, always, Australian pros. Yeah, yeah. pros <laughs> is always relative. Uh, no, what we've done this time around, although this will be in the future episode, is it's going to include uh, everyone who shot the match, include all the equipment rather than, and then we'll probably break out the, the top guys into a sort of a different section uh, within that so you can see uh, see a bit of a balance, which should be uh, should be interesting. I wanted to, uh, to get your takes. Are there any memorable stages, either for all the right reasons or the wrong reasons? Um, Emma, what about we start with you? First time doing this stuff, uh, anything that stood out? Yeah, so um, my first stage in Darwin, the Donkey Kong with the barrels, 
Um, I loved that. Um, I thought that was really good. Um, and then also the chair at Buchan. Can't go past the chair. The chair. Yeah. Right, nice. That's a, uh, that sounds quite a, uh, a challenge. Tell us more about the chair. Um, so it's suspended um, so it sort of floats around and then you've got to put your rifle on a chain. So you put the chain across, sit in the chair, put the chain across as if you're going like on a, on a ride um, and then mm. you put your rifle on the chain and then you've got to shoot um, the target and, of course, the recall. And the fact that you're sitting on a suspended chair that rocks around um, makes it pretty fun. So, yeah, it was great. I saw it when I RO'd in Bucken um, and was intrigued and a little disappointed that I didn't get to shoot it. So when it was at the finale again, that made my weekend. I was stoked. Yeah, fantastic. That chair can go jam it just quietly. (laughs) (laughs) What was was your experience with that, Zilmi? what I got on the chair, but anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty pretty sure I zeroed it the first time, and the second time I may have got one or two points, but if I had just got a couple more, I would have uh, maybe have bet Andrew's, uh, Emma's husband, Andrew, in the last uh, match. So, yeah, that chair can yeah. jam it. <laughs> no, the chair's great. It just sort of adds an element of surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Good. What about you, Dave? Any any memorable parts uh, in terms of stages? Well, I got to say, I was actually quite a big fan of the chair as well. Um, I, <laughs> I did fairly good with it first time at uh, Buckin. Finale, I zeroed it. Uh, um, but other than that, I really enjoyed... I mean, learning barricades was fun, but if I had outside the chair, I really enjoyed the one you did. Or you, I think you were our Owen in... Um, Darwin, where he had to shoot off the top of the post. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what that was called. I really enjoyed that. And then um, I really enjoyed all the stages where you had to do something like really physical before you shot. Um, like the medicine ball thing or the burpee thing. Um, I'm just waiting for the uh, sarcasm to be present in your voice. No, no, not going to find any sarcasm here. You cleaned the medicine ball, didn't you, Dave? I cleaned the medicine ball. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot one. The van. The mm-hmm. van was amazing. Yeah, the van. You like the van? Cool. Yeah, I'll second that. Yeah, we had uh, permission from uh, DFO uh, for that one. We had to go through the, that process to actually get that approved to be able to run that on the range. But I'm really glad uh, Greg went through that and the, the range went through that process. And yeah, we were able to shoot from a van. How cool is that? It was really Next cool. Year, can we get the van moving? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that may be an additional process that, um, look, we can ask. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know why, I, I mean, obviously I know why approvals are needed, safety and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, it's pretty much just how all you guys seem to shoot down here or out in fields. Zilmeet would probably be doing it quite a bit out on the farm out of vehicles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. That, you know, it makes, makes sense to be able to do it. That's a good way to practice. Crispy, what about you, mate? Any stages that stood out? You've probably shot more stages than everyone. Just as many as Doug. <laughs> no, um, no, yeah, the van. I really, I really enjoyed the van. Actually, that was good. Um, I'm noticing a trend here. All the small blokes enjoyed shooting in the van. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'd pull Reed's tips on the on the boat. They were good. Mm-hmm. So getting the hang of that, which is good. Yeah, mate. I, like, I enjoy I enjoy shooting barricades, but yeah, so. 
Yeah, I think over the course of this year, there was 78 stages that we shot, although a few of them doubling up being PRS skills stages. But yeah, that's that's quite a few to uh, to remember. I remember uh, the, one of the ones that I uh, I liked seeing you guys shoot was the Biggie Smalls from Little River, <laughs> which uh, was it. like a, a there was four targets at sort of. Uh, 300 and 500 and there were smaller ones and then 10 meters to the right there was uh, the same same scenario but they were slightly bigger targets and you you were given a randomized pattern of those targets to go back and forth and you had to move position between the two sets and I uh, I remember enjoying seeing how many people got confused like anything prior and then actually when they shot it they did pretty well how'd you guys go with that one I actually nailed the pattern of left right 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 left or whatever it was however mm. I forgot to dial for the further target. <laughs> or not dial, or hold. I forgot to, comp- I, f- I completely forgot one target was 300 and the other was 500. Because at the end of it, the arrow was like, dude, you're nailing that first one, but you kept hitting in the exact same spot, right in line with the further target. But like halfway down the hill, I'm like, yeah, I realized on the last shot, I was holding the same data as I was for the 300. So let's just... Uh... Did you like my dancing around the table, though? I nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, good. I'm, I'm glad we brought up some memories for you then. Oh, yeah. That's all lessons to take take away from. Remember, some targets are further away than others. <laughs> <laughs> You're dropping gold here, mate. You're dropping absolute gold. It's good. We're all about knowledge here. <laughs> Emma, any, any ring a bell apart from the... Uh... Apart from the um, the chair, um, so Little River also um, the was it called Air Supply? The one we had to keep hitting the buzzer. Yep. Like every twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. That one was great. I really liked that. Um, yeah, that because it just like you had to go down the KYL rack. That was yeah, and then just keep hitting the smallest one for um, up to 10 hits and um, you had to also remember to hit the buzzer within 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, was that yeah. right? Yeah, you had to remember to yeah, keep. Some just... people were dirty on that buzzer because it wouldn't tick over, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I there were some people hammering that thing. <laughs> yeah, well, Zilmi and uh, and Crispy both both shot that particular apparatus uh, at least once before at the PRI in two thousand seventeen. If you remember, remember using that thing on a KYL rack as well. You got stuffed that up as well. No, it, it worked. Be- <laughs> it, it worked better back then, I reckon. Uh, it's just getting more gremlins and more gremlins the older it gets. Uh. <laughs> Got a bit too much mileage on it. At least to drip some solder in there or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I think it did actually come apart at Little River, uh, and we uh, we put it back together, and it kept on ticking over. But uh, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably due for a service. Yeah, not not wrong. I think they sell them at Office Works. I saw them the other day. Just putting that out there. Did you uh, buy one, Emma, to train? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Jewish>. No. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I just pictured Donald Trump with his finger hovering over that big red button now. <laughs> <laughs> He's been madly pressing it, but it hasn't been working. <laughs> could be uh, could be Badco about to press the button to knock us off air. That's it. One thing all you guys have mentioned has been that the the PRS, I mean, the matches themselves are interesting and the stages are sometimes great, sometimes not. And... Yeah, the equipment that you go through is stuff you need to or whatever it is and whatever you forget and keeping your head together and all, all the things that you do at sort of competition of any style, really. 
but it's the the after hours and the between stages and and the night times that certainly I've been I've absolutely loved what uh, what sort of happened in the community over here. Does anyone want to delve into that a little bit more? What they've enjoyed about that? I don't know if they've about enjoyed, but reloading's a whole other set of issues oh. itself, isn't it? And oh. <laughs> Oh, let me tell you about reloading. Holy SD or projectiles. Or... <laughs> right. So, Zilmi, take us through your, your reloading. Where, where were you with reloading prior to the prior to this season? I just reloaded like for hunting. I didn't really catch you. You didn't have to do too much long, long. Well, not 500 meters isn't that long range, but you know, just you want you want as most consistent loads it doesn't matter how they're shooting but as long as it's yeah, all consistent um you're not getting a lot of different velocity spikes and that kind of thing which i seem to seem to get i'd have ones that would drop short go high all over the place and it just frustrated me to know and when you feel like you've got a solid position and the, the bullet should be hitting the target and it's um all da- flopping around all over the place um yeah yeah so i've really spent some money um, trying to, or just even researching all that kind of spending time. Um, yeah. Learning, learning about getting everything more consistent. Mm. So. A- absolutely. Emma, have you, uh, are you reloading as well? Um, well. <laughs> What's that giggle for? I'm so glad you asked that, Rusty. Good. Um, yes, I do some. Andrew's looking at me funny. Um, okay, look, I'm going to be honest. Andrew reloads my rounds, okay? Right. <laughs> I do help, but it, it's hard to sort of take over when you live with someone that's just really good at it already. So, you know. Actually, I was going to say that uh, completely discredits my earlier theory. There may be some sabotage because he's reloading you ammunition that helps you beat him. So that's uh, good on him. Yeah, see, that's love. <laughs> That yeah, that is. <laughs> See, I, I know why there's no sabotage, Dave, is because they are in different uh, different divisions. Next year, if they're both in open, uh, that's where thing, things might go south. That's where it gets a bit hairy. Gotcha. <laughs> Next year, I'll be reloading my own rounds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. I am learning. There's so much to learn. There really is so much to learn, um, not only positionally, um, you know, all that sort of stuff on the range, also off the range, like it's never ending, I feel like, which is good because it gives you something um, to work towards. So I'm out there listening to Andrew and he's generous enough to take the time to go through it all with me a million times because it doesn't sink in the first 900,000 times. Um, but, yeah, so I'm getting there. Crispy, your, your teammate uh, ended up getting a lesson in factory ammo up in Darwin how did the how did that come about, mate? I think he didn't bring enough ammo. Is that, that correct? <laughs> I, seem, I seem to remember that he, uh, yeah, ended up having to dart down the local gun shop and pick up some uh, some factory Hornady ammo. Oh, poor Luke. Went all right though, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, it went pretty well. But yeah, he needs an arm board for his life. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no. He he got a he got a nice surprise at that. Yeah, it was shot pretty well, I think. Shot better than his hand loads, I heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. And and any any lessons in reload? I mean, you've been reloading for years, Crispy, but any any lessons this year that came out of your reloading? Uh, so what I've been reloading, when did I start? Probably 2014. I'm pretty much self-taught, but 
lessons. There's always something to learn. This year, I sort of got the six five. The reason I stuck with six five Creed because I've sort of got that down pat. Okay. Yep. With my dies and everything, um, I've been playing with the six mils, um, just the six by forty seven a little bit, and, but yeah, just haven't found. Well, I've learned a fair bit about that regarding just to um, like carbon build up in the neck, um, which yeah slowly increases pressure. And um, that was causing me issues with that round, but hmm. so that learnt that I had to neck turn the neck turn the cases because the neck was too tight. Yep. In the um, yeah, in that chamber. So okay. Well, uh, there's always something. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And and speaking of that, uh, what what do you got on the cards next year for you know equipment wise or or significant changes? Yeah, well, um, we're looking at moving to uh, impact actions, which is a Big um, one of the main actions in the states being run now. Yeah, they make some good stuff. Yeah, which is uh, Wade Studeville and Tate Streeter. So Danny from Delta is bringing those in, mm-hmm. and they're due oh, early next year, I think. So yeah, that'll be exciting. And you can just buy barrels off the shelf for them. They'll make um, pre-chambered barrels for them. So yeah, which Delta, which Delta will supply, which would be great. So you don't have to cool. worry about. The gunsmithing as much. So you you're sticking with the Creed more, or are you moving moving to something different? Uh, I've got the, still have a six five Creed, and then I'll have a um a six mil BR, I think. So yeah. it seems seems to be the flavour. Yeah, I'll take um, Paul Reed's advice and <laughs> go with that. <laughs> so yeah, it's either either a BR or BRA, or just the mag feeding is going to be the main um, concern with that round, I think. Finding a magazine to feed this small, short, stubby case. So, mm. yeah, either that or uh, the six Creed or the six XC or something like that would be the. I think there'll be a few more of yeah, them. You don't want to. You don't want to shoot a six XC and a six Creed either. Oh yes, I remember <laughs> that one. Yeah, that didn't go so well. Did not go so well. What about you, Zilmisin? Since you piped up, mate, any changes for next year? Or are you going to stick with what you what you're running now? Um, probably what I'm running now, but I, um, yeah, I'm thinking about getting this just a second barrel to have it. Like I don't know if I'll shoot this one out out or what will happen, or I'd just like to have one kind of ready to go to hmm. be able to screw in there if um if need be if something starts to go south and you have that option. You're not waiting to um. Yeah, get something chambered up and ready to go. But I've got all this stuff for the Creedmoor still, and it's been going all right. But I don't know. I'll have a look into it. And Emma, we we know that you're changing over because you won an action this year. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, so it'll be uh, well. It's made. It's built. It's good to go. Um, Six point five Creedmoor. Um, so Nick. Uh, donated the Menil action to the Buchan Winter Classic. Um, he was the main sponsor, Ignition Custom Engineering. So, yeah, I got drawn out first um, as an RO and picked the action off the table. So it's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sensational. And uh, what, what's it going to be sitting in, stockwise? Uh, KRG. Um, it's uh, the Whiskey 3 Gen 5 okay. chassis, so yep. um, which 
feels really good. I'm happy with it. Um, Andrew's mm. got one as well. So um, he had his first, so I kind of followed suit. Um, <laughs> he's felt good. So go with what you know, I think. And, um, yeah, it's so far so good. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. And... Dave, uh, what's your plans, mate? You, you've changed to the 6.5 at the end of the year. I did. Staying with that? I reckon I am. Um, the, like I said, the rifle shoots fantastically. I mean, I can pretty much load anything to get the 10 feet per second or lower. To, so, I mean, that's consistent enough for what we're doing here. Yep. I reckon my big, biggest, or <laughs> grab a shot timer and hit the range as much as I can, really, <laughs> is probably going to be the best thing okay although i may have to switch to back to 308 for a match or two because i happen to win just by sheer dumb luck a pretty darn amazing rifle at steel apocalypse so yeah you did what did you pick up i happen to win a six hour ssg 3000 which uh wow <laughs> it's a piece of equipment <laughs> yeah i'll tell you that dave how does it shoot oh i'm hoping to find that out in the very near future don't worry about that <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. But uh, from what I've heard, it will shoot better than I probably ever will. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Word is uh, words. They're they're pretty pretty darn good. And George, obviously, you're you're changing the impact uh, action. Any other changes for you in in that regard? Your stocks are the same with manners, or yeah, stick with the manners. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Yeah, cool. So everything else is pretty well the same. Except for the action. Fantastic. No doubt we have a, a number of people who are listening who are eyeing off the series for, for next year, either be it here in Australia or US or Norway or South Africa or all the other places that are starting to uh, to grow and develop. Have you got, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go around the around the uh, proverbial room uh, as to, you know, sort of maybe a couple of tips that people can keep in mind if they're going to get uh, stuck into it. Zilmu. Going from starting in production, moving to open, mate. What do you uh, What are you gonna suggest to our listeners? Um, oh, I don't know. A good muzzle break. Uh, that that always helps. Um, yeah. Testing your mags before before you shoot. That's always a handy thing. There's that many dramas with mag feeding. I think that's probably the number one issue for for people when they um, mm. yeah, start to run the competition. A bit of Go throw some sand and grit in there. You'll soon soon work out uh, what's what's going to stop working. If, if your action's going to jam up or whatever, it's uh, it's, it's easier to throw some in at home than uh, in the middle of a stage. So, <laughs> Not yeah, well, it's almost almost guaranteed to happen at the match, isn't it? So we're at a match, so. Probably not. Probably not silly advice, mate. Yeah, we'll just have the air, air compressor on standby, and so you can clean her out afterwards. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, Dave. What about you, mate? Your first—is uh, this your first sort of centerfire competition shooting? Or have, I know you've done a lot of small bore and a bit of shotgun stuff. Yeah, yeah. This was my yeah first full centerfire season. Um, and coming from say small bore, you never blame the equipment. But I mean, for this. Two pieces of, well, I already got them, but two pieces of equipment I'd recommend is 10-round mags. That's a big one. Because um, <laughs> if you're running five rounds, you will time out on hang fires every stage on your sixth shot. Um, <laughs> and it's a good, a good scope, too. A really good scope. Invest well in your optics. Um, I was running a... Both amazing scopes, the Burris XTR2s. I was running a 2 to 10, and then I upgraded to a 3 to 15, which did make my life hell of a lot easier and just magnification-wise. But by 
good sturdy scope that tracks well and then a good bag and learn how to use it i reckon as they go yep yeah but so that's three three pieces of equipment <laughs> <laughs> if you're getting started by a burris <laughs> anyone else got any sponsors they need to drop some names off? i would like i would like to drop in it's not a sponsor but i think i forgot to thank uh danny and tony from delta for donating me that <laughs> awesome prize i won so <laughs> So while, while we're here, uh, projectile warehouse scoped out. Hook them up. Anyway, um. <laughs> no, big thank you to all the sponsors. This is actually like yeah. it's um, it's a fairly task to take. You know, the prizes they donate are amazing. So absolutely thanks to everyone yeah. that um, this year, yeah, donated prizes and that's a, a really good point. And, and and a lot of people were you know see the see the various sponsors that go around. And what the sponsors do for us is they. Literally everything the sponsors put forward pretty much ends up in the hands of the shooters or to a significant benefit of the shooters. For example, uh, Magneto Speed, for example, uh, don't don't have so many of their prizes on the tables at the moment, but we use their uh, target hit indicators at many of the matches and, and more into the new year. Uh, for that sort of stuff, so that's that's how they contribute to the match. But um, I am going to run through this because this is PRS related, and I have the list of all the sponsors for the entire year sitting in front of me. Uh, so Vortex, Delta Tactical, Ignition Custom, Night Force, Kestrel, Five Eleven, Huntsman, Schutz and Larsons, Precision Defense Industries, writing a small one that one, Carles, APRS. Magneto Speed, Manners, uh, Precision Vomiting, Projectile Warehouse, Scoped Out, mention those likes. Uh, Manil, uh, Precision Shooting Podcast, that's us, we get a shout out, that's brilliant. Uh, Outer Edge Projectiles, uh, Meatplat Firearms, Redcliffe's Motel up in Mildura, which hopefully I'll be staying out again. Uh, APA, American Precision uh, Arms, Low Vis Gear, Armageddon Gear, STS Steel Targets, and Geo Ballistics. That's a that's a huge amount of sponsors that we've had for our first season, and I know there are more and more wanting to get involved next year. So that's really exciting for the shooters. But obviously, um, you know, it's it's good for the industry because more shooters and we 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 people buy more things. And you guys are all talking about upgrading next year, and and you know, it means that the sponsors see some some benefit from that and, and keep putting back into mm. the events, which ends up in prizes and bits and pieces for, uh, for shooters to take home with them, which is really good. And I love seeing, love seeing when, uh, someone is in production. So zil me when, when it happened to you and obviously actually it's happened to all, all three of you guys who shot production this year at some point, you've all won stuff that has assisted you in moving up to the next, the next level, which is sensational. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fantastic. It's uh, wonderful. Yeah, no, I was going to say the, the amount of support the sponsors behind the throw behind this sport is incredible mm. so yeah yeah no it, it really is crispy you, you uh any advice for someone just about to start out or thinking if someone's listening going oh i'd like to get involved next year but i'm not sure what, what would you say yeah i'd say uh i'd almost say get yourself a just a two two three and with a good scope and um mm. yeah run heavier projectiles and that and Try and get as many downrange as possible, just to get yourself, um, yeah, into into scenarios and whatnot. And, mm. Yeah, and getting to getting to know the rifle more than anything. Um, and then you can move up to the either your six mils or your six and a halfs. I think certainly uh, low recoil in um, in off barricades helps and. Um, yeah, and just something that 
you can um you can yeah it doesn't cost the world <laughs> yeah. yeah emma what about you yeah someone thinking about giving it a go next year i would just say just just come along um mm. if you're not you know 100 confident ro for for a match um get some advice some from some of the shooters that are shooting that weekend you know everyone's really happy to give out advice um you know you could get a lot of knowledge just from being an ro um mm. and i mean if you're lucky enough like I was, you'll walk away with an action. <laughs> <laughs> Way to set the bar high. Yeah, I mean, you know, no pressure after everyone else. But <laughs> um, but just come along. Yeah, be a, make yourself a part of it. Um, you don't have to shoot the first one you turn up to. You can just come along and watch. RO, hmm. help out. Like I said, everyone's really, really um, keen to get more people on board. So come and soak up the knowledge. Uh, watch a match yeah yeah i think uh you know from all my experience of shooting all the prs's um the thing that i'd, I'd say to new uh someone listening and saying oh i might give it a go i'm thinking about it. it it has very little um in terms of your first match to do with the shooting just have have a gun, uh, have you know scope on there. Even if you've got a floor plate, like get along because what you what will happen is you'll get put in a squad, and you will meet people in that squad, and you've all got something common to uh, say, is such as, what do you do for that one, or what are you going to do for this one, or what's the wind like, or uh, you know. Oh, that, that didn't look so great. You're obviously not a very good shooter. Um, you've got lots of things that you, can, you can say to each other that will spark some sort of conversation. Yeah, the learning curve's exponential, isn't it? So Yeah, I can definitely agree with that big time. What I've seen from, from all the four of you guys um, and and from so many others in it that that if someone came up to you and they were first time there and they said, oh, you know, what what'd you do for that stage? You guys would tell them. You guys would, you know, sort of, hey, oh, this is what I did. Maybe try this, or do you want to borrow a bag, or this or that. And and if guys come with their limited experience and limited gear, they will walk away. And they may have shot okay. They may have shot really well. They may have shot average. Um, but they will walk away with all these ideas of what to do and, and real world ideas, not just someone uh, sitting on a podcast telling them what to do. Uh, actual stuff of seeing this you know someone like crispy say hey mate try this write this stuff down on your arm and uh, see if that helps you and they do it and it helps them and, and that's some real world actual experience where they see some benefits or it might be uh, dave just telling them to, uh, to to chill out in a canadian accent and and you know <laughs> that makes you relax them enough uh, that it was you know and and really enjoyed and then uh, you know find out wherever wherever dinner's on and sit next to someone and have a chat to them because uh, you found that most of pretty much all the shooters that have come along have been really approachable, really easy to get along with and, and very encouraging of new shooters. So correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think just what, what with Emma said, just get along and, and whatever you've got, get along with. And, you know, you might, uh, you might think you're trying to get into production, you end up in open because of some technicality. Don't worry, you're still going to have a good weekend. No, definitely. Wasn't there a gentleman who shot in the one you did last year and he was using his cap as a magazine for his single feed uh, bench rest rifle or something? Uh, better than that, it was a Ruger uh, Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> and I don't even remember if he had a scope that would dial. And he 
he has, you know, shot that match. He was using his hat, and and I remember speaking to him prior to the event, and he said the reason he wanted to shoot it, he was not geared up for it, no idea how he'd go, and probably not very good. The reason he would want to shoot it is because it was the first PRS in the country, and he wanted to be involved, which is the best <laughs> attitude. Yeah, no, exactly. That gentleman's uh, by the name of Steve Spellman. He is now the secretary of the Practical Shooting Club here in SA, and uh, shoots this sort of stuff uh, every month uh, on a regular basis, and is. Not a bad shooter and a very good RO and a bit of a legend of a bloke and, and we wouldn't have that club if it weren't for him. So um, amazing. Just come along with whatever you've got and uh, who knows what will come out of it. Exactly. All about getting out and having fun. And like I said, it's a really good weekend away. I think you'd be hard pressed to have a bad time. Yeah. Anyone Anyone had a, a real bad time? I guess I guess sometimes on the range it's not the greatest. Well, if you don't like being in wet clothes, it was a bit inconvenient. But uh... <laughs> Ew, my jean, my skinny jeans are wet. Ah. <laughs> speak, speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I guess now is the time to ask the tough questions. Dave, do you wear skinny jeans because they help you shoot better or make you look worse? It's the aerodynamics. Uh, when you're running from position to position, that's that's the go. <laughs> it's the shaved legs so this... underneath that worries me. <laughs> It's all about the aerodynamics. What worries me is your music. You've seen them. And the 10-kilo boots you wear. Yeah. <laughs> the big steel-toe boots and the skinny jeans. Fantastic combo, that. I'm impressed. So we, we talked about what, uh, what you guys, you're going to change equipment-wise. You got a uh, Dave. I'm going to start with you, mate. In terms of next year, we talked about equipment. I don't want to hear about equipment. What are you going to change? Is there, is there something going to do to sort of work your way towards uh, where you want to be next year? You got any goals set, or any practice regimes, or uh, I didn't even say that word right. Practice regimes, or anything else that you're planning to do. So this year, I kind of focused on the equipment and kind of went down the reloading rabbit holes. Um, and kind of got into the myths on the internet, like you know foul your like just miss on the internet. shoot your gun dirty don't clean it for an entire season that sort of thing but what i'm gonna do this year my plan is i spent too much time reading and sitting behind the reloading bench my plan next year is to just hit the range as much as i can with a shot timer and some buddies and just shoot and have fun just get the time behind the rifle and focus on that um in terms of a specific goal, I haven't, obviously I want to do better, but I haven't really said anything explicit yet because I'm, I find I'm one of the people, if I do something and said it explicitly, I'll psych myself out. So I guess really it's, yeah, just hit the range as much as I can and remember to have fun and uh, get as many points as I can. <laughs> yeah, sweet. What about you, Zilmi? Any, any changes next year apart from equipment? Oh, just work. Look at my sabotage techniques. Um, <laughs> nah. Dick dastardly over there. <laughs> just spend uh, spend a bit more time just shooting. I suppose it's yeah. It's, sometimes it's hard hard to find the time to actually work on work on stuff with young families and plenty of, plenty on at work and all that kind of stuff. So just yes. Maybe play a bit less footy this year and do a bit more shooting or something, I suppose. But did join the Monado Club there, so that's good ex- good excuse to get down there. Bloody footy, you come back every week and you got something else injured, so it's a bit frustrating. <laughs> yeah, speaking of injuries in footy, Crispy, what about you next year, mate? Any footy on the cards? Yeah, no, I'm giving up footy. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, no, that, that was the final deal for me, that one. So, For, for those who are not familiar or haven't heard that podcast or seen anything, you had a broken broken leg or busted knee or something for the last Mildura match? Broken, broken Come leg. Come on, mate, harden up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Zilmi, he, uh, he he came third, was it? So um, Yeah, I got you. Yeah, in, in open. So, Zilmi, I haven't seen you come third in open yet. That's true. <laughs> Probably won't happen either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been... You've been Wait, uh, sabotage, sabotage. It could, it could. <laughs> you've been hanging out with Nick too often, by the sounds of it. What are your... your, your Changes or plans, obviously, big big equipment change for you. Um, what are you going to focus on? Myself, oh, I just need to practice more. Yeah, that's basically it. And, um, yeah, practice more and uh, yeah, uh, work on the uh, mental side of it as well. I suppose, like trying to um, not get not get flustered and yeah, don't have any uh, bad stages and it all come together. Hopefully, <laughs> so. that's a good goal. Yeah. Don't have bad stages. I like that. Consistency. Emma, uh, big change for you in, in changing divisions and also uh, upgrading your gun significantly. Yeah. Um, apart from sabotaging sabotaging Andrew's ammo in any way you can, uh, any other plans? Um, yeah, so I think I'm just going to do probably a lot more hmm. dry fire, um, a lot more um, positional sort of practicing. Um, you know, like it comes down to, I think, muscle memory, like – you do it enough times, you get into that right position and it's solid, then you don't have to think about that when you're at the match. So um, I don't know. That's what I think. I might be wrong. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just like to try and um, gradually improve on each match like I have been. So just keep that up. Mm. I think uh, what's fascinating is uh, effectively been asking you what's the cheat sheet for next year. You know what a what do you need to do that will maximise your results? And all four of you have said practice more. Uh, there's no way around hard work, is there? Yeah, I was going to say there was a theme developing uh, very very <laughs> identifiably through that. Yeah, does bribing match directors work? Uh... I've tried immensely, so mate. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, clearly not hard enough, Emma. <laughs> clearly not hard enough. Yeah. Or maybe you tried Butters. He's incorruptible. Yeah, maybe. That was the wrong wrong guy to choose. You can always practice bribing match directors to find out what works. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's green, but maybe I was being a tight ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, if they're not green, I'm not keen. Yeah. <laughs> um, next year, there, there's probably looking to be about six match directors across seven different matches so uh which should bring some really good flavor to the uh, to all the events and and really sort of they'll they'll develop a style of their own which i'm i'm really uh, excited about as the as the the series matures and develops um we will see a lot more influence in that aspect which is great in terms of shooting them uh greg is going to shoot some next year that's the plan and I will probably uh, have a crack in 2020. Uh, I might, I might get a chance next year, but uh, definitely 2020. Um, the the plan is, if I can uh, put this one forward, the idea is that Greg and I, throughout the season, as of 2020, will will shoot the the couple of matches we need to to qualify for finale. And then out of the two of us, whoever is qualified higher. Uh, gets to shoot the finale and the other one has to run it. The challenge is set. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> that might be, 
interesting way to uh, interesting way to do it. Kind of similar to Andrew and Scott with the mankini, you know. <laughs> well, we hadn't we hadn't touched on that. I don't want to touch on that. Yeah, I don't know about touching in that thing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah. yeah. So we, I mean, we've talked about it on a podcast, uh, much to our disgust. But you guys were all there, and you saw uh, Scott honor his word, as I put it, honored his word. Um, how was it watching him run a stage in a mankini? It was neat when he went prone. <laughs> Spread those legs out for stability. Oh yeah, <laughs> going from the guy who wears skinny jeans. Perfect. Yeah, you're awfully close with that video camera, Dave. Oh yeah, you know I had to get all the action. You know, <laughs> how many times have you replayed that since? Oh, uh, I think I lost count after the first 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call a couple of guys out. Actually, I I, I videoed uh, Scott coming out to uh, to pick up his ammo uh, in his mankini onto the main road of Bucken. <laughs> And I sent that video to a few guys on Instagram. Now, one of the guys, uh, Kerry from Precision Shooter over in New Zealand, uh, sent it over to him, Kerry, and and he said, "You Aussies are horrible. What is this all about? Why would you do that? Uh, you know, that's that's disgusting." He was uh, thoroughly uh, disappointed in the quality of Australian shooters. So I took a little screenshot of the Instagram message that came up that said. Uh, this video has been replayed by Precision Shooter <laughs> and sent it to him saying, that's uh, pretty sweet coming from the bloke who watched it twice. <laughs> yeah, I thought, uh, anyway, apparently apparently he had to show the wife that one, but yeah, so whatever. So he says. Whatever. Yes, so he says. <laughs> so he says. We're, we're getting carry on the show soon. I'm going to ask him the tough questions like that. No, good on Scott. I'm, I'm actually really proud of him. Um, I couldn't sleep for like three days because I just kept seeing the vision. <laughs> I'm really proud. Of him. I I think he, um, had some real balls to go out there in his. <laughs> <laughs> My video may have confirmed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Crispy, have you got your eyes on any uh, any of the up and comers coming through the ranks? Who who are the the shooters to watch next season? Oh, I think Zilmi will be one. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll take that. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, anyone on their day can really have mm. a yeah. good crack, to be honest. It, it's, yeah, it's that mental game. It's it's all doable. You just have to, really? well, I don't know about luck, but, yeah, it just all oh, runs there. well for you. Remember for what it is. Yep. You're out there and have fun. I think there's a... There's a couple of names there that didn't, that, that unfortunately for various reasons didn't make the finale. Mick Stubbins being one, uh, and uh, Jim Bravo being the other. Yeah, with those two. Yeah. That I, I think those boys, uh, you know, there, there's a number of other guys who would have been great to have the finale as well. But those two specifically, uh, obviously, were, were high in the points to start with, and, and I think would have been uh, would have made a, a, a an interesting match even more interesting uh, to see where it would have mixed up. I think it could have gone. Uh, quite differently if those guys are there. I mean, that's that's if should would butts could have. But uh, got plenty of them, Rusty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. Matches full of them. So do I. Uh, but if uh, you know, next year, next year will be interesting to see how those uh, those gentlemen uh, fare. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw uh, Trent into the the mix. I don't know if you uh, I know Trent fairly well, and Trent does a lot of the graphic design for for PRS. But he. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen him commit to something. I, I saw some photos when he decided to uh, to win a like a body toning competition. Decided to go full with it, 
and uh, yeah, he he sort of drops everything and just focuses on one thing. And uh, the Duke and the Duke's got some real mental uh, willpower when he when he puts his mind to it. So uh, if he if he gets in that zone next year, I think he could be right up there. Uh, that's going to be one of the one of the guys I'm going to be watching. Yeah, I thought he was going to split that medicine ball. That's uh, yeah, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got some strength to him. Oh, he was shooting off the um, oh, Titanic, or I'm not sure what you call it, wobble wobble platform, and yeah. Paul Reed's technique was to lift your legs up. He, he couldn't put his legs down. His calves were that big. They were just stuck in the air already. So um, we thought he knew the technique beforehand, but not just that's all he knew. Good. Good. Anyone, uh, anyone else got some some you know, guys they think are going to be right at the pointy end next year. But I mean, apart from the guys who, who were and, and, yeah. and, you know, very likely to be again, Luke and the, you know, Crispy yourself and Jamie Ash, uh, no doubt. And Andrew as well. We'll probably see Andy McNeil. The names keep on going. There's plenty of guys who will be right at that top point there. Anyone else that's sort of finished up lower down that you reckon might be pointing at the end? I was going to say, it'll be interesting. I think uh, Jake said he's invested in some new gear, Jake Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes when he's bumped up to open with some higher end equipment as well as Scott, um, the guy who won production this year. Um, see how they both mm. go when they've upgraded. And another one, not to put some pressure, but really interested to see how Emma goes next year because it's definitely been... Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Dave? Yeah, it's it's yeah. been good watching you rack those points <laughs> up. Uh, oh, Andrew's retiring. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's uh, it was a different discipline, but the MMA may not have uh, had is a top three. Am I not mistaken? Yeah. Yep. And the service rifle. Yeah, we're interested to see how you go next year. Mm. Really excited to see it. So. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for that as well. I um yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Um, so that's definitely being penciled into the calendar. Yeah, see if I can back that up. Probably hard, <laughs> but, you know, give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> Great segue there, Emma. Calendars, uh, the Impact Dynamics calendar has been updated with a stack of matches next year. Uh, so all the service rifle matches around the country are in there. There's a couple of Tassie matches in there as well, and plus a bunch of the clubs. Uh, so we're trying to stay on top of that to make sure that if you are looking for a match to get involved with or a club to get involved with, impactdynamics.com. Dot au, which is also the, where, where this podcast is hosted as well. Uh, jump on there, uh, hit the calendar. You can go national, you can go state by state and find something hopefully in your area. Uh, if you are running a match or, or getting a club together, let me know and we will throw it up on there as well. Uh, it's just, just a, a point so we can find where all this stuff is happening. Oh, I was going to segue again, double segue for, from what you said, Emma, and now I've completely forgotten what it was. Nope, <laughs> nope, I'm back. This, this is what I do. I just, I talk until I think of something. Uh, the production, something is happening in production is I think eight shooters from production are moving into open next year, which is really exciting. So if you're listening and you're looking to get into it, um, production is, is going to be pretty much, I won't say it's going to be open. It's going to be available. Like there's going to be the ability to, to jump in there and do really well because a lot of the guys that, and that's the idea of production is you go in there, you do well, and then you move on into open. So probably the top eight or thereabouts are moving up into open, which is the idea and, and best of luck to those guys. And hopefully we see a whole stack of new names in that production division in 2019. It's exciting to see that. Hopefully some girl names. No need to be sexist. Um, yeah. it's... How about just some girl? 
Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't limit it to names. Ladies, women, whatever, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. Yeah. That would be good if I wasn't the only female. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think next year that the plan is to uh, is to open up more of a women's category as well. So, ladies, if you're listening, get a uh, get get shooting and and do what Emma does and and start to beat Andrew. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, guys, thank you heaps. It's uh, it's been a, an interesting, challenging season. One with uh, lots of last minute events happening, uh, which is changing next year. And, but uh, look, massive thanks to you guys who are pretty close to being at nearly every event. Obviously, Dave and George have been at every event. Emma's been at every event, but you know, forgot to get involved in Mildura. <laughs> and Zilmi, uh, you know, can't walk as far as uh, his Ute doesn't drive as far as Darwin. So maybe next year, mate. Maybe next year. But yeah, too, too much diesel, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you guys making the effort for the first the first year round, and and it certainly has been a lot of guys, and there are a number of other names who have been to every match, uh, and so I want to thank uh, all those guys who have done that. The guys have even been to one match. It's it's been part of uh, part of PRS actually hitting Australia and actually being able to run and and go into this was I guess technically second year, but it's first season. And very much uh, next season we'll see a bit of growth, uh, hopefully a lot more shooters, uh, more events, and uh, also more notice on events, given that almost all the events will be released in January this year. So you can plan out your year, where you're going to go, which events you're going to be able to do, and and know you know which uh, which states you're going to be able to get to and a couple of new states on board as well so that's that's all really exciting uh, from a PRS point of view and from a competitive point of view but overall and and completely uh the most important thing is a whole stack more fun hopefully it's uh stills remains to be very enjoyable and with people like yourselves and uh, and many of the the guys who listen to this who come along the events we look forward to uh some good times well, actually before some you cut times. off there you mentioned competitor point of view i just want to say from a competitor point of view as well uh big thank you to you greg and all of arrows and spotters and everyone else that actually put in the legwork to make this all happen i mean because i mean we can want to compete and go to a range but can't really do much without you guys there organizing it all so the, the arrows are probably the ones that, that deserve the most credit to give up a weekend i'm sure they enjoy themselves Emma, i guess you enjoyed yourself because you came back um certainly give up a weekend to be able to do that. So it's it's very much appreciated by that. And hopefully they, you know, they, they randomly get some awards as well, such as action, <laughs> as Emma has promoted. Previously. And then they can start shooting. Actually, uh, one highlight of the year at the Steel Apocalypse was um, Lucas McKinney giving away his Gen 2 Vortex prize to one of the ROs, Travi. That was like fantastic. So um, yeah. that's the kind of yeah, people that you're around and yeah, big pat on the back to him for doing that. The, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And Luke, Luke certainly uh, has had a history. What what you probably don't know, Zilmi, is he actually gave away his prize in Darwin to Trent, who uh, as as oh yeah, right, uh, yeah, I mentioned before, has done a huge amount Didn't of about that one. graphic design work for uh, for PRS, and 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 nowhere charged nowhere near nowhere near what it was actually worth to do all the work. So, um, you know, guys taking care of ROs and guys who pitched in like that uh, certainly makes it a really in good environment to be around so certainly luke and i know others uh, others have actually done a similar thing but you mentioned uh, giving it to trav and and i don't know if trav's been on this podcast uh, he will be shortly but he has been one of the ro's probably the most 
the most RO who had no vested interest. He wasn't a sponsor of any sort. He just, just he, a good he took time off work to get to every event bar Darwin, get there early and get involved. And yeah, top, top bloke and pretty much uh, put himself out so you guys could all have a good fun. But the really good news is, uh, thanks to Luke in part and thanks to a few other guys, he's shooting matches next year. And he's also one of those match directors I uh, I hinted about. So he will be actually directing a match and uh, an ROing one and then shooting two or three of them. Ooh. So uh, very exciting times to see guys go through that process. So awesome. Yeah, so you guys will, uh, you know, he, or everything he has learnt from you guys being an RO and, and getting involved with it, he'll come back and smash you all with it. Excellent. That's great. I've got to say too, I want to make Trav, I think his stage is he was probably the most soothing RO I've ever encountered. <laughs> he could be panicking. He was cool, calm, collected. It's yep. like, hey, welcome to my stage. How you doing? How's your day been? Weather's nice. All right, here we go. Let's shoot your stage. Awesome job, man. <laughs> but yeah. And so that LSD takes. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally had made you do a reshoot on that medicine ball one after you'd done 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do some testing for steroids or LSD on myself after cleaning that one. <laughs> Good. All right. Uh, I've got one more question for you guys, and we'll keep it short. And you can't answer Scott in a mankini. Doesn't be stage related, but most memorable moment this year from a uh, from a PRS match, and probably most of these are going to be off the range. But anyway, we'll, uh, Emma, Emma, what's yours? Ah, uh, most memorable moment. I think I'm just going to have to go back to the theme of the night. I won an action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, so the people don't matter. It's just the free stuff you get. Friendly. I understand. Fine. Oh, I'm all about the free stuff. <laughs> Good, Dave. What about you, mate? Oh, hang on. Can I can I take a guess? Can I take a guess? It was the craft beer brewery in Darwin that we went to that had no craft beer. That said they had six tanks of beer, and then there was no beer in any of the six tanks. Yes, that that was a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that moment. Um, I'll never forget that moment. Anyway. I don't know. It's hard to pick one, really. Um, I don't think I've ever remembered a series of events so well in my life, to be honest. But um, well, I think overall, <laughs> just kind of seeing it all come together at the end. Um, I remember you guys mentioning last year you had a lot of road bumps getting it all started. Everything was kind of touch and go this year. So I think kind of just seeing it all come together at the end and just knowing, yeah, this is going to happen again next year, really. So just being able to get excited to keep it going at the end of the finale, I reckon. Yeah, fantastic. As corny as cliche as it might sound. <laughs> so in, at the end of the day, shooting was the winner. Shooting was the winner. You guys were the real winners. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Crispy, any uh, any any thoughts, mate? Anything stood out for you? Oh, I'd say just the overall thing, just being able to travel the country and yeah, seeing different parts of the country. Really, that was a real highlight, I suppose. Yep. And being able to compete with all the same guys, yeah. So nice. And uh, and Zilmi, yourself, mate? Yeah, just making a bunch of new friends. I reckon that's just. Uh... Definitely like-minded people. I reckon that'd be the highlight. So I'm going to say my highlight has been Sunday night of each match, where uh, the match is over, the decisions have been made, every every points are decided, and uh, those who are still hanging around, and I encourage you guys to stay around on the uh, Sunday night if you can. 
it's uh, it's always good times. We've certainly had some good times on the Sunday nights, and uh, and I know that's not shooting related at all, but it's the people that make it. And as uh, as Zilmi alluded to, it's uh, yeah, definitely the the people and the friendships you make, which is uh, which is awesome. Actually, and speaking of sticking around, oh, wait, here we go. Here we go. Uh, so, yep. Sorry to interrupt, but sticking around. If you make it up to Darwin, <laughs> stick around for Monday at lunch because there's this pub on the main drags that does <laughs> the best ribs for like 15 or 16 bucks or something ridiculous. And it's probably the best hunk of meat you will ever eat. In your life. Agreed. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best ribs in Darwin. Possibly best ribs uh, I've ever had. Yeah. But uh, I guess on, on that note, good food. We shall leave it there. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, I mean gentlemen and lady, uh, thank you very much for uh, for joining me this evening and uh, say goodbye to uh, everyone and no doubt we'll see you next season. Goodbye, everyone. See you next season. <laughs> Thanks, see Rusty. See, see you next year. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics.